Welcome to Alternative Dog Moms Podcast. I'm Kimberly Gautier, the creator of Keep the Tail Wagging. For the past nine years, I've been blogging about raw feeding, pet wellness, and life as a crazy dog mom. I've seen massive improvements in my dog's health since I started raising my dogs naturally, and I'm passionate about sharing my experience to help other pet parents. I'm Erin Scott. For the past nine years, I've been researching and learning everything I can about healing cancer, allergies, autoimmune, and mystery illnesses in both my dogs and myself, and I can't wait to share with you everything I've learned on this journey. As the Alternative Dog Moms, we're bringing you all the latest dog health news that we're following and sharing the tips, tricks, and resources we learn along the way. Now, let's get started. Hello, Kimberly. Hello, Erin. And hello, Angela. Hello, Erin. Hello, Kimberly. <laughs> Thanks for joining in on our secret thing. I like how we all moved up closer and talked into a different voice. <laughs> we just started doing that on our first episode. And now we do it every time. Yeah. We do it every time. We just like it. When we did it with Billy, Billy just sort of watched us and he was like, hi. <laughs> you know, it's like a so thank you for joining in. You betcha. <laughs> and I love that we pre-talked for 20 minutes. I know. The worst, <laughs> worst habit ever. Like just press the record button and let's move on. Well, because this is the only time we get to see each other and chat. and Like people are literally just listening to a conversation between three girls who love their freaking dogs. <laughs> so CBD oil, mushrooms. Gosh, all this natural, beautiful stuff. I'm actually going to start with an out of left field question because it's something that I just started learning about, and that is adaptogens. So can you tell us about adaptogens? You bet. Adaptogens um, are my favorite. You're going to hear me talking about them a lot. And what they are is they are plants or fungi that have these medicinal properties that when we take them or we give them to our pets, when you put three or four of them together, they become even more synergistic and more powerful. So I had a little bit of knowledge of this with like certain plants, like a, a lot of the essential oils. I knew a lot about essential oils before I got into cannabis. That's why cannabis made so much sense. I was like, wait a minute, this is just another oil being pulled from a flower and it has all these incredible, this makes sense. This makes sense to me. So that's why in um, my tinctures, I always combined other uh, botanicals with them, which nobody else did because they didn't understand how, you know, when you put them together. But now that I started getting into um, studying mushrooms is when I realized even putting different types of mushrooms together, which mushrooms are adaptogens. Um, makes them more powerful and synergistic. So yeah, putting herbs, plants, um, you know, sometimes it's a tree root or sap. Um, they just have these properties in them that make them more synergistic, more powerful. So they're called, they, they belong to a group of plants that they call adaptogens. Well, I'm sorry, fungi is not plant a plant nor animal. It's its own thing. So plants and fungi. And cannabis, I put in that category. It has not been put in that category technically because nobody's been allowed to really study it. Or, um, you know, so a lot of the herbalists don't consider it an adaptogen. But to me, it is the king of all adaptogens because of how well it works with other 
herbs and botanicals. So you say it as fungi. I actually had it written in my notes here. How do we say it? Because I hear other people say fungi, and then I'm always afraid I'm going to embarrass myself. <laughs> it's definitely fungi. Okay. Um, I know that much for sure. And but or medicinal mushrooms. So when we're talking about mushrooms, you know, there's people sometimes when we start talking about them, when you're especially talking about them with cannabis, they're thinking of the psychedelic kind. So when we're talking about cannabis and mushrooms, we're talking about the medicinal kind, not the psychedelic kind. But I'm sure the psychedelic probably works at some point on uh, dogs and one day we'll get around to, to figuring out how it helps them like it helps people. But for now, I'm concentrating on those that work a lot um, like cannabis does, help cannabis become even more powerful. Um, several of them have compounds that have anti-tumor, anti-cancer properties. I'm actually working on an ultimate guide where I've listed out the most common cancers and ailments that dogs suffer from and then teamed up what mushrooms, you know, serve that. And what's great is that mushrooms haven't been, you know, uh, prohibited like they had like cannabis. So they have been doing research this whole entire time on mushrooms. You know, Japan has an anti-cancer drug made out of turkey tail um, compounds out of the turkey tail mushroom. So it, um, to me, when Nina, my Doberman got cancer is when I really hunkered down on finding my five favorites and sourcing them and using them. I really feel like the combination of the cannabis, the mushrooms, and that ketogenic diet is what kept her cancer from spreading for over two years. Um, there's no doubt in my mind because there were so few other people. I, I, there's nobody that I found that have done that did that. So that's why every time I could find somebody who was a holistic vet that went, wait, how long? Are you sure it's osteosarcoma? Positive, <laughs> you know? So yeah, you can't deny it when you see it work on your own animals. You can't deny the power of, of plants and, and fungi. So when it comes to mushrooms, I see tinctures and I see the powder supplements. Mm -hmm. Which do you prefer and why? Well, the powdered supplements um, aren't all created equal. So powdered, the biggest problem is that there's literally like, well, now there's, there's one company doing it right. And then there's other companies who are using that company's product as their product, which white labeling or whatever you want to call it. Um, but there literally is only one person doing it, one company doing it right that I have found. And what's happening is that people grind up the entire mushroom or they grow the mushroom on a substrate and they grind that entire thing up. Um, and what you actually want is just like the cannabis plant is you want the medicinal properties extracted from the mushroom and then that is dried up. Right. So when we talk about mushroom powders, then we're what we're really talking about is mushroom extract powders, mm -hmm. not just the mushroom ground up. If you end up with a mushroom that's just ground up, or let's say you grow in your own mushrooms and you dry them and you grind them up, you still have to extract, extract the medicinal properties out of them, which you can do yourself with hot water. Oh. So this is something that you can do yourself. Um, the reason that I stopped using the powders and why I ended up developing my own is because the one place that's doing it right is growing them in China. 
And I actually had a problem sourcing them during COVID. So that's one of the problems that came into place. And they are bioaccumulators. So they suck everything out of the ground and air. And China is one of the most polluted countries mm-hmm. on the earth. So I didn't like getting them from there and having to, to worry about that. Even though they test everything that comes in, I just still wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. Also, I was using five or six different types of mushrooms that were, they didn't carry all of them. And when you put five or six extract powders into your dog's food or however, it becomes mud. Um, Some of them are very bitter, like chaga and reishi are very bitter and they hate the taste. So it became kind of a mess and a nightmare. And I was like, really? Okay, let me go try to find extracts. (sighs) Then I found the extracts, but they were in alcohol and... So you, I mean, went through the whole thing. It took me two years, finally sourced them, found them, because then I had to find, are they growing in the right place? Are they growing the right way? Are they wild crafted? Are they extracting them the same way? So literally what I did is I found the guy who was doing it right on the human side and um, talk about a nerd. <laughs> he is the king of mushroom nerds and, um, and developed dog products. And I basically created three products to help my dog's that were that I needed it for right there. So uh, CCD, canine cognitive disorder uh, is the new monster that I'm tackling because here I am, you know, getting rid of dogs, cancer, stopping seizures, getting them up to walk again, and damn, dementia got them. Right. I lost two to dementia um, in the same year, 16-year-olds. So that's when I was like, ooh, I got to do something about this. So uh, lion's mane, I'm sure you've heard about reishi, unbelievable for the brain, protecting the brain. Cannabis is a neuroprotectant also. So combining those two, I literally can watch my 15 year old who's about to turn 16 when he hasn't had his lion's mane, when he hasn't had, I call it clarity, his tincture, when he hasn't had it, I can literally see him. He loses interest in eating. And which is what they do. They literally forget how to eat and drink, which is how they end up dying. So created that for him. And then, of course, Nina's cancer tincture of her of the favorite mushrooms together. And then um, breathe, you know, when they start having heart and lung issues when they get older. Uh, so these are just like were my favorites that I was using for them. So um it just made it easier for me to put it on their food or in their mouth than in a powder. Um, a powder, when you're using one or two, super easy. Sprinkle it on the food. Great. Done. I just have become a tincture person. I just love being able to put an oil. And in, and if I did put a mushroom tincture in an alcohol, I don't know if you've ever given your dogs an alcohol tincture. They're really good at spitting most of it out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and I learned that glycerin was a much better alternative, especially for dogs in a great um, organic, all natural uh, preservative uh, for mushrooms. So that's what we used. Uh, apple cider vinegar is also something, but I'm like, yeah, vinegar is great, but I could, they do the same thing when I put apple cider vinegar in their mouth. That... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it spit all out, and you're like, "Did anything go in?" <laughs> so, 
that's kind of, that's the difference between the mushroom powders and the tinctures. It's just, um, you know, preferring and I could get a lot more dosage in a liquid than in a powder mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So of course everybody knows you from having from CBD dog health. And so, yeah. yes, now you've launched, it's called Myco dog, right? The yes. mushroom formulas. And I love, you have the logo where the nose looks like the mushroom. And yes. I was just like, Oh my God, I love that. Oh, thank <laughs> you. And yeah, so you have the three different formulas and I, I want to buy like at least two of them. I think <laughs> I will send them to you. I would love for you guys to try them out. I know. I, I would love to. One of my favorite things is when I when I'm able to send something out like this to you guys is because you come back and go, oh my god, he stopped blah blah blah. You know, like I love finding out because I try it. I've been using it on all my dogs and farm animals here to see what it works, but I love hearing about how it helps other dogs and other people with things. Um, because then I can use your story and be like, oh well, Rodrigo had <laughs> this ear thing, you know, whatever it is. Cause I, I learn they're adaptogens. That's what's so amazing is that it's going to help things that I didn't even know about. I know I tell the story all the time with CB dog health that, you know, in the beginning people would call and go, does it help with blah, blah, blah disease? And I'd be like, Oh, what the hell blah, blah, blah disease is. <laughs> so I'd Google blah, blah, blah disease and see that blah, blah, blah disease is the inflammation of the retina. Well, guess what? I know CBD gets rid of inflammation. So guess what? It's going to help the blah, blah, blah disease. <laughs> <laughs> and what I liked about your products is because the, I know there are so many different types of mushrooms and like, I don't know which ones do which. <laughs> and I'm like, I do. Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> She's already put them all together for me. Like, this is what I need to know. Yeah. And it, you know what? It's so much like cannabis because I did the same thing with cannabis, but you guys don't know that. Because we have a whole bunch of strains of cannabis, just like we have a whole bunch of different species of mushrooms. So I, on the back end, picked which strains were high in CBD, high in CBG. So like when I see people coming out with products now going, we have a CBG, CBD product. Um, I'm like, yeah, it's already in mine kind of thing. But you know what I'm saying? So it's like, knowing these things and then going which ones help better instead of just throwing them all on there. Um, When our dogs get older, we want to limit the amount of supplements. We don't want to give them more than five or six supplements. It's too much. So being able to have something in one tincture, I mean, I would love to be able to put my cannabis and mushrooms in one tincture, which I did. You see, I have other adaptogens in the mushroom tinctures. I have ashwagandha and astragalus root and bicopa minor. I can never say mineri in it, which are some of the most powerful adaptogens out there. So that's, that was one of the like things in the beginning when someone would have a CBD oil and then have the C- my CBD oil that has frankincense and turmeric in it. This is going to be a lot more powerful. Even if it had less hemp extract in it, it's going to be more powerful because you had those other two herbs on it. I feel like I keep going off on tangents. I'll shut up now. (laughs) I love it. I love it. No, this is what we need to know. Good, good. I appreciate it because that's the thing is, you know, we can do all the research we can, but we're limited in what Google will let us look up. And, um, there's so much misinformation out there or incomplete information. 
Because, right. you know, like you, when, when Sydney was diagnosed with cancer and later Scout, I went on a research frenzy trying to understand. And I was trying to, you know, keep an open mind and speak to as many people as possible. And you feel like you understand it, and then you speak to the next person and they turn everything completely around and you're like, okay, so is this not good? Or it's, it's just hard to really truly understand. And one of the questions that I've often had when it comes to some of these supplements that are being put out there is how much do I need to give for it to actually make a difference? Because they have the dosage on the container, but this is just sort of like a dosage to maintain my dog's health. And I don't think that many of these supplements are really meant for a sick dog. You know, you don't go to TV.com and find supplements for dogs with cancer. I'm glad that you said this because the other thing that makes me so upset is the um, mushroom company that I loved came out with a pet line. And, um, so I was like, oh, cool. I can't wait to see who, how they came up with what they were doing. Cause I talked to them three years ago at HVMA and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're working on a pet line, but of course we're using their human stuff. Um, but they didn't, all they did, which a lot of companies do is they took the human and just cut it in half. (laughs) Well, that doesn't work. So now I have a product that's less potent, less effective, just because we don't know what it does to dogs. Well, you used to heard Karen Becker, who was uh, at Healthy Dog, who was like, it's a mushroom. It literally, you cannot, it's out in nature. You literally cannot overdose or take too much. They're water. Of course, there's the poisonous ones that we want to stay away from, mm-hmm. but there is no fear and, and you know, taking too many or it being um, too much. So why would they do that? It's just like an an unknown. And this is a trusted, wonderful product. So it is really difficult. I'm only out to find the best product and the most potent product for an animal. The same thing with, with CBD. What good is a bottle that's only 250 milligrams, 350 milligrams? When I know because of research Research shows us 12 milligrams is going to help calm a dog down. 12 milligrams is going to relieve arthritic pain. So that's how much we'll make one dose, not having to give them five doses, which you now have given them a whole bunch of coconut oil and a whole bunch of hemp seed oil, and you're probably going to get diarrhea or they're going to barf or or like you did with your dog and you got um, the ease, the horse tincture, because it was a lot more powerful because you need a lot more medicine. But yeah. that's what's beautiful about these all natural things. You cannot overdose. You cannot uh, overdo it and hurt them. And that's what I love. And you can't say that about a synthetic drug. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, okay. So let's talk about <laughs> CBD oil. I mean, I have so much on my mind. But let's talk about CBD oil. So as you said, you know, I, I went for the horse one because I have a dog with cancer. I have a dog that is geriatric and, you know, he's still doing great, but I want to, to get him onto a regular um, product in anticipation of him declining. So being proactive. I I love that. Exactly. And that's, I mean, one thing that's taught, I've learned just from having a dog with cancer. Um, And I'm laughing right now because I created a meme. It was a very distasteful meme. It was after um, Will Smith 
slapped Chris Rock. Uh-huh. And I created a meme where Chris Rock was a raw feeder and Will Smith is cancer. Because <laughs> that when I when I saw everyone making these memes, that was the first thing that came to my head is that uh-huh. so many people who are raw feeders and they get that cancer diagnosis, we're just like, but I'm a raw feeder. I don't understand. Right. This can't be the case. And it does. It sneaks up on you. So from that, even though I thought I was being proactive, and I was, I think the reason why um, Scout is doing so well is because of the choices I've made for him. Oh, heck yeah. But it just made me want to go even further with all of my other dogs. Um, and so I love the CBD oil, the horse for Rodrigo and Scout. And then um, I have the CBD oil, just a regular one for dogs for my other two dogs. But one thing that I, you know, we talked about on another episode, but is about the dosage and the fact that, you know, there isn't a set dosage for, you know, oh, if your dog is weighs between 30 and 50 pounds, give them this many drops or this much, um, this many times a day. And can you talk to us more about just figuring out what works for your dog? Yeah. And when we're talking about cancer, what's beautiful is that we already have research on cancer and um, full CBD and full spectrum hemp extract and how it works. So we know that between 50 and 100 milligrams is what's recommended for both seizures and cancer. So that that makes it easy for when you're doing the heal the small heel, it's literally like one dropper or two droppers, or with the ease, it's a half, depending on how much you're going to give, a half a dropper. Um, so that is really important. I want to bring up a point where you said you want to be more proactive. So, you know, Nina, my Doberman with osteosarcoma. So it's like one in four large breed dogs is going to get osteosarcoma. Wow. So this is a genetic cancer. So there, it didn't matter what I fed her. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even, I don't use, you should see, I don't, I don't even own, we don't use paper towels in my house, much (laughs) less laundry detergent or candles or plugins or weed or anything like it is natural. So I felt the same way. I was like, what? Are you (laughs) kidding me? So, and then I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to take what I learned and apply it. But from now on, in my opinion, to be proactive, every large breed dog should start taking a full spectrum hemp extract after age one. I said that to Dr. Josie and she said, why age one? Give it to him right away. And I'm like, that's true. Yeah. Because um, why not? If we know that, if we know one in however many dogs, I don't even know what the statistic is, is going to get cancer. And we know one in four large breeds is why not be proactive and start mm-hmm. doing these other things? It was kind of like when it came back, her blood test after 22 months came back and said that she was low in vitamin D and B12. And I'm like, how in the hell is that possible? That dog eats more sardines. <laughs> and then Dr. Um, Urban, Sarah Urban said the cancer is pulling those Nutrients. away. That's why she's showing low. So it makes sense. But yeah, you're, we're, what was it? And after uh, World War II, we have like 80,000 different chemicals that have made it into our food system and into our personal care products. And that's the human side of things. The dog side, the pet side, where nobody is regulating and making sure that they're safe. I can't even imagine what's in there. So we literally are bombarded from all sides 
um, from it. It's called epigenetics, where it is our environment that is going to, we're doing everything right, but one thing can sneak in and and cause that our bodies to react. But guess what? We have something that's all natural that we can take or give to our dogs that will battle it or help your body battle it. That's what I tell everybody is like, that's the biggest thing that it does is that it helps your body or your dog's body fight off whatever's wrong along with the fact that it's doing all these other things. We talked about um, at the Healthy Dog Workshop Dr. Kendra Pope talked about the 12 pathways of cancer mm-hmm. and between cannabis and uh, medicinal mushrooms, they interact with all 12 of those pathways. Mm-hmm. So to me, you do that in a diet and you're halfway there. You are really making a difference. And the earlier that you can catch it or the more proactive you can be by all means. Mm-hmm. So if it's like a maintenance dose, then you know, I would say five to 10 milligrams every day, meaning your dog has nothing. He's not even anxious or stressed. I would give him five to 10 milligrams every day. If um, they are a senior citizen, meaning they're six, seven, eight, nine years old, they're going to start getting some degeneration just like we do, whether it's in our joints or our immune system or whatever it is. So I would do at least 12 milligrams, 12 to 20 milligrams every day just to keep that inflammation down, to keep disease away. And if you do already have a dog that is suffering from something, then that's when you start getting really up there. So 42 milligrams to 100 milligrams, depending on what your dog is suffering from. So I've had six pound chihuahua that was 18 years old that I had to give a hundred milligrams a day of the heel to keep grand mal seizures from happening. So, you know, it depends. Nina, as you know, was getting at least a hundred milligrams of the horse ease a day and then 10 milligrams of THC at night. So every dog is different. And if you're battling cancer, you need to give them a lot. And it's funny because even she got that the entire time, even after her amputation, two weeks, we didn't do it. And then we started it up again because we know the cancer is still in there just because the tumor has been removed. Um, And actually what I learned more than anything is removing the tumor made everything get real angry and aggressive. So if this were to happen to me again, which I hope it doesn't, but if it does, I will probably be, go even harder and give her more after the amputation than I did before. And so it's okay to experiment. Like it's okay. And, and that we're not going to do harm. No, it just might get a little sleepy. Exactly. Exactly. That's what's so wonderful about it is that you find your dog's dose. You know that the anxiety and stress is away because they've calmed down. You know the pain is gone because they're acting like themselves again and they're playing and they're running up the stairs or jumping on the couch. And with with something like cancer, you're going, okay, I'm at 26 months and I was given four months, so something's going right. I love it. I mean, Scout is Scout's still doing great, you know, and it's it's funny because what surprised me most is that, you know, all this time in his oncologist is just like, you know, you do what you want to do. 
you know, because his lymph nodes got bigger. And she was like, do you want to, because I, I wanted to stretch out his chemo. And it's like, I don't like bringing him in there every week. It's stressful to him. It's stressful to me. It's not good for his immune system. And having all these chemicals flowing through this, but I just, I don't feel comfortable with it. And she was like, well, his lymph nodes can grow. And it's like, and then we'll attack him a different way. And that's when I got a holistic vet and let her know this is what I want to do. And she's like, okay, then this is what we'll do. But what astounds me is that, you know, when I, he's got something to say about it. So what astounds me is how, um, like, cooperative everyone is. I expect that, you know, when I first met my oncologist. Well, you're in a good state. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because she's familiar with raw feeding. She wanted me to to um, stop feeding raw. And I just said, okay. And I think she knew, okay, she's not going to stop feeding raw. <laughs> and, you know, but his first round when he went into remission and stayed in remission for four months longer than what she exper- expected. And he was, he did better than any of the other dogs she was treating she was just sort of like, you know, she just trusts me. And, you know, and it's just, and I love that feeling of, you know, she's just going to let me, you know, she'll, she's there to guide me and give me her thoughts and based on her experience and education, but it's ultimately my decision. And, and I know that that's the case with all veterinarians, but there's sometimes I feel fear or uncertainty because of their reaction or response where she's just sort of like, okay, that sounds good to me. Yeah, you said that it's that way with most veterinarians, and I'm going to have to disagree with you. So I live in a state that's a lot different than your state. And the only reason that we even have a lot of these vets even talking about it is because for over six, five, six years now, they're hearing one person after another after another going, this is what I did. It helped my dog. This is what I did. I helped my dog. And some have decided to learn and actually prescribe it, and others don't want to hear it. But even the vet, the holistic vet that I went to to get Nina's leg amputated, because the the vet that was treating Nina was Dr. Sarah Urban, who lives near you. Yeah. <laughs> it's Billy's vet, Lua's vet. Um, so and and you know, then the three or four that I call on the phone to get four different opinions, and it's so funny because they always say the same thing. So I love that. <laughs> um, but. I had to find someone local to do the amputation. The first vet didn't even, um, that I drove three hours away, wouldn't amputate it because she's 10 years old and a geriatric and considered the top and that she wouldn't make it. So they wouldn't even do it. Not a good candidate. So now I go another six months and it's just getting bigger. I have to amputate it now. It's cutting off blood supply. So I find somebody, I ask her, all I want you to do is the amputation. Do you have somebody? Yes. Even there, I was pressured. You should have seen what I was pressured into. Even though I am, you're standing looking at a dog that I have kept alive with the most deadly cancer, her leg is still attached at 22 months, and I still have to fight with you to go, please don't do this. Don't do that. Don't. It was a complete knockdown drag out fight. Such a disappointment too. And you're right. I I live in a a good area because even, you know, at our, like the chain vet clinics, if a, if a, um, a dog owner, pet parent, if we can show them that, you know, no, I am doing my homework. I am responsible and have a conversation. I have changed the mind of so many veterinarians here locally. That's awesome. 
and just explaining, this is what I do. This is how I feed my dogs. This is how I make sure I'm meeting their nutritional needs. This is what I'm doing here. And, and, and it's basically just by showing, like, see how healthy this dog is. And I've had, they, they're not advocates for raw or for holistic things, but their, their attitude is, well, I trust you that you know what you're doing. And I think the thing that's unfortunate is, you know, many of them tell me, I just don't trust that my clients will follow through right. on all the things that they need to do. And it's just like, are you giving them a chance? Are you giving right. them the tools? And I get it. I get that, you know, they're going to get a lot of the when the Google Doc doctors and came in and tell them this or that. And I understand that completely, but you can't deny when a dog has broken records. Mm-hmm. What And what that turned to into for me was she, it must not be osteosarcoma. <laughs> so then I went out and proved I had her legs sent off so that I could prove that it was osteosarcoma. So then I kept track of every vet that you know, looked at me like I was crazy, didn't believe me. And I sent them an email saying, this is what it is. Here's the diagnosis this is what I just wanted to share it with you. If you have any questions, let me know. I love it. Three wrote me back. And I would say it was probably 50, both conventional, wow. integrative and whatever that I wrote going, just want to share Nina's whole story. This is what happened. This is what we did. Here's the full protocol. Here's the diagnosis so that you can't tell me it's not osteosarcoma. <laughs> it's sad. I mean, I have people, you know, we do consultations. Um, it'll be me and Dr. Sarah or Dr. Zach. And it's a lot of times it's people, either they got that cancer diagnosis or they want to get off the pharmaceuticals. They want to get off the Apoquil or whatever it is. And we help them get off of it. And people will literally go, well, I took my, um, my dog in who has osteosarcoma of like the nasal and bone. So the tumor's growing here. We've had, we've had several of those and it grows fast. And it's like, you give them CBD cannabis and it just kind of stays. And then it starts slowly going down or just the growth stops. And they bring their dog into the vet and the vet's like, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. This is incredible. And they're like, yeah, it's CBD oil. And they're like, great, keep it up. See you next week. (laughs) How do you not go? What is it? I need to learn about it. I want to know. That's what's so funny. It's like, I'm not a vet or anything. Aaron and I, we're just like, guess what I did. I mean, I I tag her. It's like when I'm I'm sending, I sent off a a stool sample to a company and I am outside with the gloves and I took a picture of what, you know, and I tagged her in it because it's like, oh my God, this is going to be so exciting. Has it come back? I mean, we get so excited about just anything. Whenever I hear someone doing something, you know, just because I don't know, I just figured out, maybe I'll give this a try. I had this at the house and I figure I'll give it a try. And guess what? This is what I saw. It's so much fun. You know, what's even funner is when you have vets that you can talk to about this. Oh, yes. Yes. You know, like that's how I, that's how I am with Josie and with Sarah or whatever. I mean, you should have, this vet that I got the uh, amputation done, she put a port in my dog's neck. Oh. Because she wanted to do some sort of vitamin therapy bullshit. 
So I only took her back two days and then I'm like, I can't, I can't go back to this woman. So literally Sarah's on the phone telling me how to take off, take out stitches. They literally were about, we were about to open the neck up and I was about to pull the damn port out myself. Like she was, we were ready to do it. It was in the jugular. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Like I had one when I had cancer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was here and went through, you know, the vein or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't, I'm constantly like writing Sarah and going, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And she's like, okay, just do this, this, and this, make sure you do this, this, she doesn't care. She knows I'm a crazy person. And I love that, <laughs> yeah. you know, because yeah. she knows, she knows I'm going to do whatever it takes. Both when Sydney and when Scout had cancer, I think, especially with Scout, I think the reason why I just didn't get scared. I mean, I wasn't happy about it, but you know, I was like, I got this was because my dog's main vet, um, Dr. Goodry said to me, um, you got this. She's like, your dog's a raw fed. You are so anal about everything and you look into everything. And she's like, you are, you know, they're going to tell you, she's like, you're going to go to the oncologist and they're going to tell you, you have this much time and you have this. She's like, that is for the typical kibble fed dog that she's like, your dogs are not typical dogs, so you cannot take that in. And mm-hmm. that's always stuck with me. Well, you know, you know when, when people go, oh, raw feeding is so expensive and da da da, and you go, oh, yeah, but in the end, later, you're going to be glad. That's when you're, to- you're turning in that token that you did everything right so that mm-hmm. your chances, your dog's chances are going to be better. Yeah. So, yep, that's when, that's when you know yeah. that it was worth it. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about this because I think a lot of people think like, well, oh, well, I'm not a vet or, you know, what do I know? Or, you know, and, and it's easy to get intimidated. I mean, I had a vet call me a witch doctor because <laughs> I wanted to take my dog with cancer, you know, and do different treatments than what he wanted to do. And, you know, and it's like, I'm literally being called names here, <laughs> you oh, yeah. know, so, so I get why people get intimidated to, to make these different decisions. And I think it's important for Kimberly and I to share on the podcast and to bring on more people that are, you know, cause you're not a veterinarian, you're an expert. Like it's okay to do these things. It's okay to try these things. It's okay to keep looking for a vet, even if it's an online consult that you can do to find somebody, you know, who, who's going to back up what you're doing. Cause like it makes a difference for your dog. And and that's really what matters. There's a lot of vets out there that'll work with your vet. So you can just be like, here's someone who's at your level and has education. You guys can have that conversation and get my, my vet here locally on track so that we can do this together. And, or get, or get, like I tell, cause we, we have so few get the blood work get the x-rays, and then you literally can have telehealth with your favorite holistic vet anywhere in the country now. So there's really no excuses. To me, that is that is such a godsend because I don't have anybody around here that I can take or that I can suggest people. So all I can do is go, go here, get the blood work, get the x-rays, and then go back over to them and they'll be able to read it, tell you what to do. Like even... When I took the blood work from the one vet and had Sarah read it, completely two different things, you know, completely, you know, the end of the world versus, oh, Angie, that's because the cancer's taking it. Just give her more sardines, you know, whatever it is, versus we have to give her this and this and this and this. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. She just, we just amputated her leg. Let's slow down here, ladies. But yeah, I think taking, if you're one of those pet parents that likes to take it, your dog's health and your health 
I've learned so much about my health yes. through my dogs. I take all dog supplements because they're the best. <laughs> Yeah. It's so intertwined. I mean, even like my own journey with wellness has been so like I learned to do better for me and it helps me do better for the dogs. And, you know, it's been very, uh, inter- you know, inter- intertwined that way. And yeah, it's really interesting how, you know, they take little pieces out of things and make it a drug. And you're like, okay, but if I took that whole flower extract, I would get that compound and then all the other things that go with it that would probably help it work even better. Now that I understand how plant medicines work, you know, it's not, not to say that we're not going to get to a point where we know that the isolate of CBG treats this specific thing perfectly. Yeah, we'll definitely get that way. I mean, I hope we do. What all I see now at cannabis conferences is, here we go, (laughs) Erin. I'm not kidding you, Erin. I'm going to one this weekend. We are, I'm laughing because... I would last time I told her this story was that they're creating synthetic cannabinoids now. Oh, good gravy. And they're, which they've already been doing, but they're not creating them to like make CBD even better as a anti seizure drug. No, it's about how high you could possibly oh, good get. Gravy. So, you know, last time I was talking to her, I was going, you know, THC, how high you can get. You know, that, <laughs> like that type of shit. And it, Tim like quotes that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, we had a CBD expo here um, in Seattle several years ago, and I went to it. I was so excited. To go, I contacted them because I don't want to pay. I'm a blogger. I can write about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, come on down. Here's your here's your pass. And I showed up and was stunned because first, most of the booths didn't know that dogs could have CBD. No. I mean, I, I and, and the booths that did, they just started making a CBD. And it was more of a white label thing. Right. Where they wanted to, to you know, so I and and I got, I walked away with tons of free products, so um, I'm, I'm not going to turn down free, but I was blown away. Like, and I was asking the questions and back then I was still, you know, somewhat new to CBD oil and I'm asking these questions and I was just blown away by the fact that n- not many people can answer the questions. There was one, no, there were two booths where um, one booth was actually specific for pets and this guy was very sharp. Um, and then another booth, he did have a pet line. And I loved it because one of the CBD oils had bacon flavoring. And they were like, and we actually use bacon. And I was just like, oh. And But I was just like, I'm not giving it to my dogs. How do you it. keep the bacon yeah, from... I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe Getting stank. Exactly. I don't believe you. But it was just sort of like, okay. And... Um, but, you know, but he was still very, um, seemed to be know what he was talking about when it came to CBD products. But most of the expo, even though it was CBD, was, you know, um, you know, what bongs and pipes yeah. and, and gummies and gummies and gummies yes, and gummies. It, it, was like, it was mostly about, you know, getting high. And, right. and I'm just sort of like, but it's CBD. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just code now that, you know, you're going to do it. So yeah, now that now they're incorporating everything is canadelic and you know incorporating the mushrooms and psychedelics too. But mm. I mean, it's you're I always get a good audience because if people are there for their health and wellness and have pets and they go, oh my god, I didn't even think about it. Those are the best best people. But yeah, I do get the ones that are there that'll go, 
well, I don't want to get my dog high. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I'm here to talk about. <laughs> my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> she has the best voices. <laughs> Just me coming out of your pocket going, <laughs> I don't want to get my dog high. <laughs> Yeah, I've been to so many conferences where I've had to sit. I've been on panels where I've had to sit with veterinarians pretending to talk about and and know what they're talking about. And I've just been like, oh, my God, no, that's not how it works yeah. at all. That's not how it works I've done at all. that with raw feeding. And I've, I've sat on panels yep. with veterinarians about raw feeding. And one one panel, it was a weekend, and it was every two days. And the first there was veterinarians were great except for the one sitting next to me who refused to talk because she didn't appreciate that I was on the panel and she loved that I was getting all the questions yeah it was about raw feeding and I'm a raw feeder and so you know and I'm answering the questions and the other veterinarians were like yeah she's not wrong and so she was just sitting there like mad and then the second day her partner just came up and announced, I refuse to stand here and talk to this person. And and so she kept over talking. So when someone would ask me a question, she would answer it. And when she was done, people would look to me and I was just like, you know, with all due respect that I disagree and this is what I've learned. And, and so, and so she went into, and then what was funny is that they were, um, they were wild, not wild, um, exotic animal veterinarians. So they were veterinarians that believed in feeding species appropriate diets because of the all for dogs. Yeah, they did. They just didn't, they didn't treat cats and dogs. They treat. So it's just like, that's all I'm doing. I'm doing what you practice. It's just that I'm doing it with a cat and a dog and you are mad. (laughs) Which Kimberly, I don't know if you've realized this. I've just realized this recently is no one has practiced medical cannabis on pets longer than me. Wow. Wow. So Kimberly, you have been practicing raw feeding and food therapy and food medicine for longer than most of these vets have. So I don't care who the fuck you are or who you think you are just because you're a vet. And let me tell you, I know what you were taught as a vet. I've been into the vet schools and have taught cannabis and saw the posters all over the walls and how you're given the free food and you're brainwashed. And I know that you're going to be great when my dog needs something taken out or put back together. And I know what you're good at, but you're not taught anything about food and nutrition. And you're not taught anything about the endocannabinoid system. You're not taught about Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine or these things that have been used for thousands and thousands of years with incredible success. So wonderful. I love you. You're great. But a conventional vet, I have no freaking use for. I don't understand how you and I can find out answers and treat our animals without us having any training when these conventional vets have to continue to learn. How do you ignore when you hear dogs, you know, thriving and breaking records? How do you ignore that? How do you ignore your person who's come in and said, I've been in my, my old vet who called herself East Wet. West. I've been in the waiting, you know, waiting for her to come see me and hear people asking about CBD in the waiting room. And how do you not have the answers or point them in the right direction or something? Yeah. 
Everybody knows about it's it. It's interesting because my my regular vet, she's integrative. She'll send people to me. When she right. gets people come in and they're asking about raw feeding, she'll, she'll say, I don't feed raw. I don't know enough about raw to advise you. Perfect answer. Other clients does feed raw. And so I'm going to send you to her website and, you know, you can talk to her. And then if you want to have questions after that, exactly. you can talk. And, and in, I, I so appreciate that. I, I, I used to do workshops here locally and they were in our little town, Marysville, in our flyer. And when they announced the first one, um, the city of Marysville got tons of emails from veterinarians about how dangerous it was. And so they reached out to a girlfriend of mine who's here local, very respected. And they were like, you know, you know, Kimberly, right? Is she? And my girlfriend, she's like, no, she knows everything that she's doing. She's perfectly fine. And so they let me go ahead and do it. And even though the workshops were all small, I try to keep them to like five or six people they were well attended and I should probably start doing them again, but they were very well attended because people wanted to know how to do it. In fact, I got a email from uh, um, one of my friends who's a police officer, his canine was retired. And so he's going to put him on a raw diet now. And I'm like so excited because when he first got the canine, he got promoted. So he, his canine has been retired, but when he first got his dog, Oso, I helped him put him on a raw diet then because his dog was having um, digestive issues and they were at a case. My um, partner, Johan, he is a retired detective. So he, they were at a case together and they just started talking about the dogs as dog lovers do. It, it quickly goes to the poop. What's the poop like? That's right. <laughs> and I'm so proud of Johan for, for the conversation, but Johan gave him my phone number and told him to call me and he did. And I was just like, well, let me call Darwin's. And see if we can get you guys some free food. And Darwin's, I they went above and beyond. They gave him like six months of food, treats, everything. Wow. And he saw an immediate improvement. But he was just like, I, I can't keep this up on my own. And so he didn't. And I was just sort of like, that's fine. Go back to kibble. Just start adding fresh food. Whenever you cook for yourself, give some of that to your dog. Just leave the seasoning out and you'll be good to go. And, but now that his dog is retired, he sent me a long text message about, you know, what about this brand? And what about, and I was just like, you know, cause he has a baby in the house too. And, and he was just like, I was like, he, he wants to feed Northwest naturals. And I was like, perfect. It's HPP. So you can tell your wife that, Hey, this has been sterilized. So it's perfect. You know, you're good to go. And, and, you know, he's going to do it. And I'm like so excited and happy just for his dog. It's like, oh. It means you've never, he never forgot that first lesson, you know, yeah. kind of thing. I get it. People too. I mean, I've, I've spoken to other um, deputies and uh, about their dogs, you know, they've come my way and even people like in, in our town, people, I've actually had someone follow me into the grocery store. And when I realized he was following me, I was just like, oh my God, you're following. He was like, yeah. He's like, I'm so sorry. I know you're Kimberly. And he was like, and keep the tail wagging. And the only thing, and I'm just sitting here, I couldn't be like, oh, you recognize me. I was just sitting here like, I'm going to die someday <laughs> because I'm completely clueless. This man is following me. And I'm like, doo, 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 in my life. See, I grew up in Miami, Florida, so that doesn't exist. I always think, I always think I'm being followed. We're going to be broken into. Matter of fact, when I moved to Tampa and the helicopter went over the first time, I was like, hey, we got to lock the doors. They're like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, they're looking for somebody. They're looking for like, Angie's just a helicopter. <laughs> okay. So in Marysville, we, I hear a helicopter and I'm going outside looking up going, oh my God, there's a helicopter. Yeah. See? <laughs> 
<laughs> There's a difference. Again, why I want to move to your state. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's, it's kind of, it's fun. And, you know, to get back to, you know, your, your specialty. as we've been all over the world in this conversation. But it's so important, Kimberly, because a CBD oil is going to do, is absolutely going to help anybody, but it isn't going to cure or turn your dog's health around without the right diet. It just isn't. And so I don't think one should be talked without the other because they really do go hand in hand Um, because you're just kind of like battling or keeping something at bay when you could bring them back to health by doing it. We know the immune system lives in the gut. So you're helping it on all angles, real food, real plant medicine. It's just, that's why I think they're, that's why I love talking to raw feeders and, and uh, fresh food people because we're in the same boat. Yeah. Even how the food manufacturers are making the food wrong. Same thing with how they're making the medicine wrong kind of thing. Speaking of what, we need to talk about that study, Erin. Which study? <laughs> I feel like there's been a couple of them lately. <laughs> well, the one, well, Susan talked about it. I actually recorded a video that I need to edit today about it. But the study that came out, well, Pet Food Industry um, had a little short, I wouldn't even call it an article. It's just a blurb about the study 200 and something puppies. There were 16-week-old puppies in the UK and tying the bacteria in their stool to a UTI in humans. I mean, I didn't dig into the study. Joseph Powell, um, Krista's husband did, and we had a conversation about it. And it's, it's sad and pathetic because when you dig deeper into the study, when you read the article, you're just sort of like, this doesn't sound right. right. But when you dig into the study, it's even worse because someone paid money for this and yeah. they decided to twist it around to come to a conclusion um, that would get, you know, that, and create a clickbait article of, about it. And it's basically saying, I think the title of the article was something to the effect of like raw feeding has been connected to like a bacterial infection in humans or something like that. And it's just like, so basically you're saying, <laughs> trigger warning, but you're basically saying that UK dog owners are picking up their dog's stool not washing their hands and then touching wiping themselves. themselves in a way to get a urinary tract infection. I mean, and what it was, was there was one human that had a u- urinary tract infection that somehow inspired them to do an entire study. And when you break down, you know, how many dogs were, how many dogs were raw fed, how many dogs lived on a farm or had visited a farm, you know, how many dogs, you know, were on antibiotics, you know, already. And what were they on? How many dogs were sick? How many humans were sick? I mean, so many questions were not asked. You know, they just basically went far enough to to be able to fashion out a conclusion that they wanted and then they stopped. And it's just sort of like, I I feel like whoever is behind these type of things, I feel like they haven't realized that people are waking up. We already hope so. (laughs) Yeah, we already don't trust the media. We're having trouble trusting our government. Well, they're doing it. They're doing it as a marketing tool. Yes. Not to actually see, you know, find out something. Well, this reminds me of this whole event that you have coming up. Like, speaking of, you know, pharmaceutical companies and bad science and paying, you know, science for hire to get what you want to tell doctors what to do. Uh, (laughs) This is all like 
one of my crusades in life, you know, it's like science for hire and bad science. Um, So tell us about the Do No Harm event. You bet. Dr. Josie Bug and Dr. Sarah Urban and I, we kept talking about it and it kept showing its ugly head of the overprescribing of antibiotics, steroids, pharmaceuticals for pets, multiple ones that are causing so much issue. And I kind of just said to him, I'm like, isn't that like literally your oath? No harm. It's literally your oath. So why is this happening? Why is it such a problem? So with the opioid epidemic that humans suffer from, dogs and our cats are suffering from the same thing. Um, So basically, it's an event with like five or six of the nation's best holistic veterinarians and some experts that are basically going to talk about instead of this, do this. Or did you know that this also, here's our a natural way to treat cancer, pain, seizures, and it's proven in the research there. It's just, I feel like we're getting further away from it and that this information isn't out there. And I think people need to hear from holistic veterinarians that have been practicing for over 20, 30 years. So they're going to know they've been actually practicing with these modalities. And, you know, every time I get to say, I kept Nina's cancer from spreading for 26 months, they're like, oh, that's incredible. I had a dog that I did it for 20 months or 18 months, or I had a dog that I actually cured there, blah, blah, blah. Nobody ever hears about that. We yeah. don't hear about that. What we hear is your dog has four to six months to live. Mm-hmm. So I want people to know, I mean, I know, Kimberly, you went through the same thing. When you get that cancer diagnosis or whatever that diagnosis is, and you start doing your research, you realize your your options are limited. And most of the time what you're offered is something that's really expensive and that your dog is only going to prolong its life four to six months. And those four to six months aren't good four to six months. Yeah. So we're all about you know, doing no harm and only helping them, which usually means just helping their immune system fight off whatever it is, because your dog doesn't know it has cancer. And, you know, keeping him comfortable and happy and, and living a normal life for as long as possible is what, what we think is number one. So the event's September 22nd. It's called Do No Harm. And uh, we're just going to tackle the topics. And it's free for anyone who wants to attend. It'll be online. And tune in. And uh, there is a paid option if you want to actually chat with the vets while it's going on and having them uh, answer your questions directly. And there'll be some PDFs on guides on how to use some of these things that they're going to tell you about. But yeah, there literally is... You know, I know you do the same thing, Kimberly, where everything from acupuncture to chiropractic to laser, you know, there's so many things that are easy that only help them be more comfortable and help them fight off whatever it is. So I think a lot of us don't know about it and I think it's being kept from us. So I want, I wanted people to hear it from doctors who've been practicing it for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm so excited. I already like took the day off from my Yay! day job. But I could like you, attention and not just have it on in the background, you know. <laughs> I love the idea of not only just exposing and educating people about these drugs. Because it's like, you know, I saw a discussion on Facebook where 
you know, um, it was about, yeah, it was, I can't remember which veterinarian it was, but she was just, well, what are your thoughts on steroids? And so many comments about, no, this is bad. I would never do this to my dog. And I just sort of like, no, there's a place for everything. It's not about the steroid. The steroids aren't bad. The, you know, the antibiotics aren't bad. It's the overuse of them or the incorrect or the misuse of them. I mean, and we talked about in the past episode about testing, which I didn't even know that this was a thing where you can test and make sure you're using the right antibiotics. And, you know, people don't know that. And it's just like, I think it's so important to give us the tools to be able to ask the questions when we are speaking to our vet. Because there are bad players in every industry, including veterinarians. There's going to be bad veterinarians and there's going to be good veterinarians. And I don't want, I hate when people hear me say, look, your veterinarian wasn't taught anything about food and nutrition. Your conventional veterinarian doesn't know anything about the endocannabinoid system. And they're like, hey, don't bash veterinarians. I'm not bashing veterinarians. I am celebrating the integrative and holistic veterinarians who go over and beyond to learn and continue to learn and do what's best for your pet. My problem is with the conventional veterinarians who don't know better, who haven't gotten that additional training, who don't know what to do when your dog comes in with diarrhea or is barfing. And the only thing they know how to do is write a prescription for something that's going to make it worse. And then that, and the reason I say this is because I lost my first dog at seven because I did everything that the conventional vet told me to do. And those things are what ended her life. So she was giving nonstop antibiotics and steroids until she couldn't take it anymore. And when we got an autopsy, irritable bowel was the only thing that was listed. But I know now I fed her the Purina uh, kibble. I vaccinated her every single year. I put those flea and tick meds on her. I killed my dog. And now I know better. And now it will never happen again. And I will spend the rest of my life preaching and telling everybody that I know to trust your freaking gut. Don't do just what the doctor says. They're, you know, unprofessional or people who care or don't care in every industry, in every occupation. So we just have to find the good person that is aligned, that is there for your pet, that will listen to you, that will respect you, even if they think you're wrong. <laughs> you know, there's a way to still be respectful and to talk to people. Yeah. Um, and I know it's hard to be a vet. I can't imagine. I'm kind of glad that I didn't end up being one. Um, but at the same time, I love that I get to work with some of these amazing vets and that I get to teach them something. I know everything about cannabis in the endocannabinoid system. And I'm going to share that with as many veterinarians who will let me teach them and show them. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And I want to celebrate those veterinarians. And what I like about this, you know, you hear so many, whether it's more conventionally based vets or people who are trusting the guidance of their conventionally based vets, you know, is kind of like, well, show me the science or show me the data or, and so I I like having this event where it's like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing this for 30 years, you know, and, and, I don't have the pharmaceutical company money behind me to publish all of this stuff. And I don't even think that's really keep up with that stuff. I know human doctors barely, you know, don't even keep up with that stuff most of the time, you know, and, and I look at like my veterinarian who um, she practiced, you know, conventionally for a long time. And when she went through her own 
health issue. Yeah, that happens out, a lot. Yes, it turned out to be caused by mold in her home. She mm-hmm. has mold illness. And that like, she suddenly was like, Oh, my God, what are we doing? You know, and she has like, totally reeducated herself and, you know, become a holistic, integrative, you know, vet now. And, awesome. and it's like, I wish more people didn't have to go through it. But that does seem to be like the common story that you hear either with their own health or something in their dog's health wasn't responding and they go and find this. But anyway, I, I just love the idea of having having this to this opportunity to share the real stories of the people who have really been treating this way for a very long time. Yep. Me too. I think it's important because I don't think we hear the stories and they're not the ones standing out being the loudest. They're the ones that are actually doing, but the more, uh, the friends, more friends I have, the more vets I hang out with, the more I listen to the, the, one of the reasons I go to the HVMA is because I just get to sit at a table of 12 of them and just go, oh, you know, because it's amazing. Um, but you, you learn, you learn, you just have to learn and you, you learn what they go through and what their struggles are. You also learn a lot about the industry because a lot of them are in this because they want to help animals. And those are the ones that we want as our vets. And they'll tell you about their experiences getting out of school and who they worked for and the conventional doctors. And you will be appalled. You will be, your mind will be blown. So anytime someone tries to say, hey, Angie, you're bashing vets. I'm like, let me tell you some stories about some stories I know from some vets that shared some stories about what other vets did. And how they were brave enough, a lot of them being women, brave enough to contact the vet board and get some of these vets licenses taken away from some of the practices. But just, I'm just going to give you one little thing that blows your mind. (laughs) The vaccinations expire. So when a conventional vet office goes and sees that they're going to have a whole batch of vaccines expires soon, you're going to get a little postcard in the mail saying it's time for you to come in and get your vaccinations or your flea and tick or your whatever it is. So just things like that, where you realize none of that was in the best interest of my animal. It was a business or your animal's sick and you come to this office and the best drug for your dog, they don't have in stock. They carry these drugs So you get those drugs prescribed to you instead of what is actually best for your dog, because that's what they got and they got to sell them and they're going to make money off of them. So everything that happens in the human side, it's even worse in the pet side. So it does take a lot of work, but what's so great is that you literally can take your favorite vet that you follow online, whether it's a, well, I don't think you can get a, a, consult with Becker, but if it's, you know, Morgan or Ava Frick or Sarah Urban or Dr. Bug, um, Ruth Roberts, all of them do telehealth now, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I went to the, um, the, I always forget what it's called, but the dogs naturally magazine, their summit, mm-hmm. I think it was 2018. Mm-hmm. And I sat in, um, Dr. Richard Patton's session and mm-hmm. I love him. And, you know, talk about, you know, when you get to sit down with people, it, I, I, I don't realize how big keep the tail wagging is because I'm just sitting at home 
right. writing about my dogs and right. writing about my business. But when I go to these places and they know me and they invite me to dinner and I get to sit at a table with all these veterinarians talking, I mean, going to dinner with Billy, um, Jacqueline and Roxanne is just it blows your mind. I you don't, you don't even imagine. have to speak. You just sit there eating, soaking in all of that knowledge. But I ran off to grab this book. Um, Dr. Patton oh, gave it to me. I have that. Yeah. yeah and he, he, he. Oh, oh cool. <laughs> I don't have that book. I need to get it. Yeah. It's just so great. But he has such a great session. And one thing that he said that always stayed with me is that, you know, we have, we, we make mistakes. We made mistakes with our dogs. I made mistakes with Rodrigo and Sydney and stuff. But the thing about it is that we learn and we don't make it again. And we, with every dog we do better. And that's when, you know, cause people were like, well, you have someone, their dog is always sick, but they won't switch to raw. What do you do? And he's like, you leave them, you leave them alone because what they'll do is they'll see you and your dog and then their dog, and the next time they're going to be calling you to say, "Oh, they will, yeah." Help me get my dog on raw because, you know, I mean, I have a lot of friends whose dogs, you know, we all of our dogs are the same age, and their dogs are gone, and my dogs, you know, well, Rodrigo is still here, and so people are like, you know, and he, Rodrigo, was the reason why I started keep the tail wagging and started raw feeding because he was such a sick puppy. Wow. And he's. 12 and a half years old. Well, I'm happy to say my, you know, sh- second schnauzer is 15. He's about to turn 16 in September. So I'm like, you know, when people go, well, does feeding them raw work or not or whatever? I'm like, well, I just doubled the yeah. second dog's yeah, thing. Like same thing. Neighbor got a dog. Same time I got Nina. His dog's been dead for two years. You know, when you really start, when you're in the industry and you start going, oh, golden retrievers only live to this, the uh, um, you know, the age 10 mark, mm-hmm. how many don't make it to 10? Yeah. You're like, wow. And how and I'm quickly. I'm starting to hear that. I, a right. girlfriend of mine, she loves golden. She has two golden retrievers and she was like, well, they don't live very long and they get cancer. So I'm going to feed raw. So she said, Kimberly, how do I get started on raw? Right. I started by telling her what I do. And she's like, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not <laughs> Well, here are the great brands in our fair state of Washington. And she is. Well, I'm going to get to that point because I have a store. So all I do is use other people's stuff. But um, I, I feel like I'm getting to the point where I'm just going to make their food because it's, uh, do you know Dr. Kathy Alanovi? She's she's the one that helped me get started on raw. Yeah, I love her. And I said to her, I'm like, I just got to see her because she lives near me. So I had to come over and give all the dogs adjustments. And I said, okay, let's talk about the pet food industry. What the hell are you even recommending anymore? And she goes, it's funny because she did the same thing I do. There's five foods dogs can't eat that humans can. And I go, that's what I say. She goes, just feed them what you're, what you're eating. Yeah. Just feed them what you're eating. I'm like, exactly. Cause I can't trust anybody. I can't keep up on it anymore. It's nuts. And then, of course, I sit there and I go, well, what about this one? And she's like, oh, you didn't hear the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I can't keep up with <laughs> That's that. That's always the worst part is that because I'll, I'll be excited about something and then I'll get a text message from Billy going, I need to talk to you. I know. And I'm like, damn it, Billy. 
So I just realized we never said out loud the name of Dr. Patton's book. So I want to make sure we put a link in the show notes for everybody. It's Ruined by Excess, Perfected by Lack. Yeah. I'll make sure we have a link in the show notes. Good. I should have invited him to that event. Maybe I still will. <laughs> He's amazing. He's such a sweet, sweet man. So here, here's a question that I have um, regarding opioid usage in the veterinary world. So for instance, in the crisis that we have in the human health, which I don't think I've ever talked about on here, but my family is personally affected by because my brother has been an addict for 20 years. And it all started after a surgery where he was given narcotics that were way, I think, over the top for what, you know, he actually needed. Mm-hmm. And that happened when he was in high school. <laughs> and, oh you know, it's like, so sorry. you know, we, we've gone back and forth for 20, 20 years now. Um, so like, I always pay very close attention to this kind of issue. And when you start seeing how, you know, pharmaceutical sales reps are pushing this and doctors are getting, you know, kickbacks and things like that. Like, is that what happens in the veterinary world also? I, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Yeah. And not only does it happen with the pharmaceuticals, it happens with those flea and tick, all the flea and tick right. meds. Um, you know, they make, I, I don't even know how much they are, but <laughs> let's say they're $50. They're probably making $25 off of it. So let's say the product's 50 bucks. They're making ha- at least 25 bucks off of it. You know, everything from the science diets bullshit. Remember, I'm a vet that hasn't been taught anything about diet and nutrition. And here comes a company that says, based on science, we have figured out all the diets that your dogs need. And I go, perfect. So you mean I actually get to go, oh, kidney issues. Just feed them the kidney diet. And I make money off of it. This is really, really great. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not how it went. That diet wasn't based on science and isn't going to help the dog with a kidney issue. How does a dried up kibble help a dog with kidney (laughs) Kidney issues? issues, You know, and I'm not no doctor, but I do have some common sense. Yeah. I've had that Um, conversation with so many people when I I don't do events anymore because it's just, I don't have a poker face. And so when I see fat dogs or someone tells me something that's ridiculous, like, oh, I give my dog this organic kibble all over my face. I mean, they basically have a conversation with my facial expressions. Right, right. All there. But um, I had someone telling me about, you know, because I, I have a big sign that says, does your dog have allergies to bring them in? And I talked to them about what I do with my dogs. And um, this woman was like, well, I put my dogs on heels and it works. And she's already defensive. And I just waited until she like calmed down because it's like, I'm not going to yell at you. It's your dog. And I was just like, that's a Band-Aid. I was like, wouldn't you rather just cure the underlying problem. And, you know, and she was just like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's what I'm talking about. And then we had a really great conversation and it was just sort of like, oh, I I never talked to my vet like this. And I'm like, try. I was like, you know, and and then again, not all vets are going to be open to it. Right. But one thing that I've learned is that, you know, I respect your knowledge and I express your experience. I was like, but this is where I'm coming from. And this is what I've learned. And this is what I'm doing. And this is, and, you know, you thought my dog was four years old. And, you know, at the time, this is a conversation I had. I was like, he's 10. Right. You thought my dog was four years old. So obviously I'm doing something right. So can we like, just, let's just have a conversation. It's the difference between treating the symptoms and getting to the cure. And, you know, in human health, you can go to functional medicine, which isn't always easy either. Um, But yeah, it's, it's 
trickier to find in in veterinary care i think sometimes because even vets who are integrative or holistic like marketing using it as a marketing uh tool instead yeah it's kind of like uh the word organic or yeah. even the usda um <laughs> bullshit symbol like for instance what people don't know is that if hemp is grown under the farm bill it is grown organically it's, you know, it's, it has to be grown a certain way under the farm bill, but people go ahead and get that USDA uh, designation so they can put it on their label so that you can think so that if mine's sitting next to another one, they'll go, oh, that one's organic. This one's not. And you're like, yeah, nope, that's not it. So it's like just another marketing thing. It's hard. Even with food, like we go to our local farm and they are not considered USDA organic because you yeah, have to do like a whole uh, yep. process and pay a lot of money to become yep. organic. But they're cleaner food than what is allowed under organic standards because right. there are certain chemicals and things that are allowed and still be considered organic. And so, yeah, you even really have to do your homework on that stuff, too. I know. Thank God for you, girls. <laughs> like, literally, I remember looking up um, ketogenic diet. And the only person that I could find with uh, information, because I was sending people, trying to send people to a blog to tell them about ketogenic diet, was yours, Kimberly. Because <laughs> everything else was by a company and was skewed trying to sell something. And I was like, well, this is the only one that actually explains what it is so that I don't have to continuously. Yeah. Because remember, I, well, you've never seen a protocol. Did I ever do a protocol for you? Like send one what what I like we do for a consultation? I don't think so. Well, it says feed a ketogenic diet and then ketogenic is highlighted and it goes to your blog. Oh, nice. And I, I got that one. information, you know, from Billy and I'm I'm losing names today, but it's I mean that's what's that's what I miss about going to all of the events and stuff because you sit down and you start talking to people and you pull together because that's basically what we're doing. It's not like we're going like, oh, what movie did you see last? Right. <laughs> we're talking about, you know, like, you know, what about, you know, shaga mushrooms? And what about, you know, we're having these like really silly, you know, fun, um, nerdy conversations about all things dogs and cats. And it's fun. And by the time I get home, I'm like writing every single night. And like when I was at the Dogs Naturally event, I was live blogging every session. Oh, awesome. And they were just like, how are you doing? Um, the um, cocotherapy ladies were like, you got everything in there. And I'm just like, I, I, I I'm good at what I do. I do. It's like, I, I'm taking notes and I'm typing and I'm just going, going, going and, and it's done. And it's just like, I, I, just, I miss going to that. So I'm looking forward to, to going to more and feeding my brain. <laughs> Good. Well, I hope to see you at, at some of them soon. I know. I'm really looking forward, forward to the Do No Harm event, though. I'm really just excited about Good. that. Good. Because uh, I know that the that they're going to reveal things that I didn't even know or think about. Exactly. I mean, because they've been practicing for so long. So I love it. Like PJ Broadfoot. I mean. She's amazing. Yeah. She's doing shit with cannabis. She's like, oh, Angie, I put it on the tip of the, the acupuncture needle and put it right into a point. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't hurt. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Sometimes they freak me out. Um, 
I'm trying to remember. I just met, I have a new vet here who moved from Colorado to here who's holistic. So I'm having fun with her, but she's dabbling in stem cells, which scares the shit out of me because of Rodney's dog. And so she was like, do you want me to do stem cell on Nina? I'm like, no, 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 no. We're good. (laughs) I want to know. That's what I kept saying to everybody. I go, I want to be able to prove what I learned, I want to practice it and I want to watch it work. And it did. Now that we've done that, I will look at other things or add other things. But I wanted to be able to say that cannabis diet and mushrooms did the bulk of the work. Yeah. Um, everything else will will be added and extra and great and helps. But um, yes, there's certain things that I'm still scared of that I'm like, yeah, not on my dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about my holistic vet is she's very cognizant of when we're trying something new. It's like, when's his next chemotherapy appointment? And so how much time do we have to see if this is actually working? Because we don't want to do it at the same time that we're doing chemo because then we won't know what did what. And so, um, you know, what I would love to read from you is what you're doing. Okay. He goes to chemotherapy and what do you do after to help him detox after it kind of thing? I or do, did you already? And I just didn't, and I missed no, it. I have something that I wrote, I think either earlier this year or last year, but it needs to be updated because it's completely, the protocol is completely changed. It's like after I got, I emailed you and I incorporated your protocol. I even had like a graph on my fridge that explained on this day, we do this and it broke down everything. And I, I have a, a PDF that I gave to people that they could use. And, um, it's like, this is what I'm doing. But once he came out of remission, that went away and, and we started a new one. And so I need to sit down. Maybe I'll do that today, too. I need to sit down and, and document all of that out because it's it's completely different. It's a lot easier. And yeah, it's one of those where I, I love my oncologist. She's like really cool. Um, her name is Dr. Brittany Evans. Give her a little I was going to say, because you know that oncology is new. Is it's it? only like five, six years old I in the veterinary space. That. Yeah, she's and, amazing. And it sounds like she, what's her name? Brittany what? Brittany Evans. Because I'll, I'll, I'll list her on um, Nina's blog because I only list Pope and Huzzah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll list her too as a um She's as a traditional, but she's just open and she educates. And what I love is that she's open. She educates me, but she summarizes everything we talk about and sends me an email. So oh, I don't awesome. have to spend, not taking notes and frantically trying to remember. Um, I can call. I call and just leave a message saying, you know, talk to someone and say, hey, can you ask her this? And I will get a call back from someone saying, I talked to Dr. Evans. This is what she asked. I mean, she, she has made this process so amazing. Um, she good. loves my dog. And she's just like, he's such a good boy. And whenever anything changes, her question is, is he eating okay? Is he pooping okay? Is he still active? Is he still scout? And if I say yes to all of that, she's like, then we're good to go. And I, I love that she's not making me race in for medications or, and she'll tell me, she's like, you know, his liver values were a little off and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll adjust that. She wanted to recommend a supplement. And I was like, Nope, I got that. And I told her what I was giving. She's like, okay, sounds good to me. And and next time she checked it, she's like, his liver values are great. And, and so it's, it's a, it's a collaborative effort, which I so much appreciate. Yeah, no, I like when they can, you know, there's going to be the the customers that are certain that aren't going to listen or take a few things out. And then there's us. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
then there's us. We're different. We're listening. <laughs> We're listening really closely. So. The alternative dog moms. Yes, that's right. We do. That's, that's right. Oh my gosh, Angela, thank you so much for your time today. You bet. This was fun. I wish we could do it on a more regular basis because it's a great way to catch up with you girls too. Now that she said it. <laughs> I was like, it's our podcast. We can do whatever you know, we want. <laughs> she said, she said, we heard uh, it. You know, I would love to. I'm like, feel like I'm in my girl gang here and I can say anything <laughs> and not be judged. <laughs> We're more than happy to have you back. I crushed this leaf up and I rubbed it on it and it went away. And you guys are like, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that. Okay. okay. What was it? And where was the leaf? Exactly. <laughs> and when you cried, did you use a mortar and pestle? Right, exactly. I went, didn't even do it that fancy. I yeah, know, I, I agree. I, I love that. I, you know, you're talking the same language and you don't have to explain anything. I love it. You're just sharing stories of, oh, did you hear this one? Or did yeah. you hear this? It's just, it's, it's fun. And that's, you know, it's, it's when people get so overwhelmed, I feel so sad for them because same like with cancer, I've done a few videos recently where it's like, you know, all of you guys who are getting a cancer diagnosis and you're crawling into your bed and crying for four days, y'all need to knock that shit off. And it's like, this is not the time to start mourning your dog who doesn't know he has cancer and is just living his life. And it's like, but, and it's, and it's, it's hard to have that mind shift and it, you know, is. it took me some time, but once I got it, man, everything changed everything. And you said earlier, you know, both of you have talked about how learning from your dogs, you know, and using what you're learning for your own health. And I did the same thing for, you know, by focusing on my dogs and basically being happy because it's like, that's going to be good for their immune system too. I even told my my partner, like, I was just like, he was, what he was doing. I was like, y'all, you need to knock that shit off because you're pissing me off. And it's like, and we got a dog with cancer and he can't have all this stuff. And he was just like, yeah, you're right. I read about that too. And I'm like, thank you. So awesome. I'm going to calm down and you need to go do this and then we can come back and be happy. And, um, but it's just like, it's, it's amazing because it's, hasn't cured my anxiety and depression. It's still there, but it's just like in a room in the back chilling, you know, And, and it's, and it's one of those things where, gosh, this is fun. You know, I know that it can feel overwhelming. It can feel complicated, but it can also be really fun, especially when something works, because that's all it takes. One thing working. Yeah, feel I feel very crazy. powerful. Yeah, you should. That I, that I was able to do what so far I haven't met a single veterinarian was able to do, and I haven't met another person who was able to do it. I think more and more people are going to be able to do it now that they're not scared of using yeah. hemp and THC mm-hmm. for their pet. We're going to have more yeah. people that that we're going to hear about the success. But Yay. yeah, I'm yeah, I'm uh, I feel very you know. I was already getting rid of the easy cancers, you know, the, that, that were popping up on these dogs. So it is, you really can do amazing things. So yeah, it's groundbreaking and it's a legacy, you know, Absolutely. good. I know I'm, that's what I'm glad is that she'll live on forever and, and be an example. Yep. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Angela. You bet. Thank you for having me girls. I look forward to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Me too.